As the Nationals are strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, great crossover. Got him. That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DC Crossover. I am your host, Ben Simpson. Glad to have you with us on another episode of the show. It's going to be a solo effort here tonight as my co-host Mike Cerrone, a little busy with the coaching side of things. So I'll just be doing a shortened episode this week. I'm mainly going to focus, I'm just giving you a warning, I'm mainly going to focus on baseball here today. So strap in for that. If you are not a baseball fan, feel free to skip this episode because that is going to be definitely my main focus as the Nats have now played quite a Big slate of games at this point, and so a lot to talk about in that side of things, as well as MLB as a whole, kind of looking around the league, seeing what teams are good, who's surprising, etc., like that. So uh, we'll knock this out here, and we'll but we'll get right into the Nat side of things. The Washington Nationals. All right, so your Washington Nationals currently sit at three and seven. Of course, they opened the year, as we talked about on the last episode, those initial three games with Atlanta, where they were able to take the uh, final, the Sunday effort, the final game of the series, 4-1, which is kind of, with how bad this team really kind of is, we're looking for that type of effort from the Nats this season, where against the better group of teams in the league, you kind of expect... You take at least one of those games and don't get sweet, uh, swept. And then against the teams that are not so good, you would hope that the Nats maybe even win a series or two or at least split or whatever the case may be, depending on the number of games in the series. So the Nats, uh, after the Atlanta series, they had that three-game set against Tampa uh, at home, too. Which did not go well. 6-2 loss on Monday, 10-6 loss on Tuesday, and 7-2 loss on Wednesday. And then the four-game set against Colorado where the Nats were able to win on Friday and Saturday but lost on Thursday 1-0 and then Sunday uh, a tough one, 7-6. So currently 3-7. and Kind of what you expected with this team. Uh, I, I, I definitely, this is going to be this type of year. It's not going to be a 500 ball club. It's going to be a below 500 type team. Uh, I guess the disappointment so far for me has been this, the offense actually 
has not been that bad. When you look at some of the line scores, I mean, yeah, you okay, you only put up two runs on Tampa on Monday, but you put up six on Tuesday, which in theory is is, is usually good enough to win. Um, in the Colorado series, they did get shut out in the one nothing game on Thursday, but 10 runs on Friday, 7 on Saturday, 6 on Sunday. Again, I, I feel like the offense, and, and looking at this roster going into the year, I, I thought that the offense was going to be the issue, and I was hoping the pitching was going to be able to hold up. Instead, it seems like it's kind of been the reverse a little bit, where the offense has actually been kind of interesting to watch. I mean, guys that I didn't have a whole lot of confidence on uh, heading into the year have, have really surprised me. I mean, one guy right off the bat is Victor Robles, who I always mispronounce his name, but uh, who threw 10 games that he's played at 31 ABs, 387 average. Uh, five walks, three strikeouts, a stolen base, three RBI. I mean, look, he's not mashing the ball. Nobody on this team really is. I mean, Jamer Candelario has two home runs. Then you got three guys with one, Stone, Garrett, Alex Call, and Cabert Ruiz. The fact that Dominic Smith was basically brought in to hit home runs, uh, and he has zero so far. Um, you're not really going to get it out of Lane Thomas. Joey Manessis has also been kind of disappointing through nine games, 216 average, no bombs, one RBI. This is a guy who's supposed to be like your top four hitter in the lineup. He's really done nothing. So, But but Robles deserves the props here. Leading the team in batting average, leading the team in on-base percentage. He has been very impressive. Uh, 924 OPS. And the guy who I was ready to give up on for sure. And look, this is a very small sample size. He could go over his next 20 games and, you know, things can change. But for now, I will say I'm liking the trajectory with Victor Robles. And, and this is another thing that kind of annoys me on, on Twitter is the people like to dunk on opinions, right? And, and so, like, for example, Victor Robles... Uh, and I'm one of those that has criticized him and have, have figured, like, man, we should get rid of this guy or give up on this guy or whatever. Um, and then now he has a nice 10 games, and there's people on Twitter going, oh, see now? See, all you wanted to get rid of him, or you all hated on Victor, and look at him now. It's, let's calm down for a second and remember that we are only looking at 10-game sample size. I mean, the next really in Major League Baseball, I feel like you don't really get a full feel for – a guy's season performance until we get to like a couple hundred at bats or at least 150 ABs or something like that. Like through 10, he's, he's played 10 games. He's got 31 ABs and he's batting 387. That's great. I mean, obviously again, that's super impressive, but let's slow the roll a little bit until that 31 ABs turns into 101 or 151 or something along those lines. And if he is still, I don't expect him to hit over 300 all season, but if he's, you know, 270, 280 at that point, I, I'm happy with that from Robles. And anything above that is is even better because this is a guy who, uh, I mean, career-wise is a, uh, what's his career average? I mean, this is definitely not a guy who tends to mash. Um, God, I hate ESPN's website for baseball stuff. Oh, so a career 237 hitter is Victor Robles. So you're definitely having a guy who's hitting above not only his career numbers, obviously, but what we typically see from him year to year. Besides that 2018 and even some of 2019 stretch where he did play um, 
Well, actually, 2018 was based off of 21 games, so throw that out. But 2019, the World Series year, you got a pretty solid Victor Robles. 745 OPS, a 255 average. The strikeout numbers were high. We didn't love that, 140. But he hit 17 bombs, drove in 65 runs. I mean, this was a solid year for Robles. And then things really started going downhill. 2020, I know shortened season, 220 average, 2021, 203. And look, I know average is not the end-all be-all, but looking at the average and some of these other metrics, it's like clearly the guy has really had only one good season in his career. So I'm, I'm hopeful about what we're seeing from Robles so far, but... At the same time, let's give it a little more time before we crown him the king of baseball here. Uh, uh, and then, you know, going on to some of these other guys that have been interesting to watch. I mean, Stone Garrett was a guy who I was very excited to see just based out of what we saw from him in camp, where it's like this guy just looked like a monster. <laughs> like he's just this ripped dude um, who apparently is the real deal, at least through 12 ABs, not trying to overreact, but to be, he's batting 583 right now. Uh, he's hit a home run. He's driven five runs. Uh, he's walked a couple times. I mean, this guy, this guy, I'd love to see Stone Garrett get plenty of playing time this year. I mean, he's 27. He's not necessarily a young buck, but at the same time, this is a guy who I think had a, a cup of coffee um, in uh, last year with the Diamondbacks. And then now the Nats are, are working him. And I, I, I like what I've seen from him early. I hope Davey puts him in bunch of different games another guy who's been really impressive lane thomas through the first 10 games i mean 359 uh he's ops 829 uh it's uh four four ribbies on the year so lane thomas has been really impressive especially in that one spot because they've kind of they've been mixing up the lineups but when lane thomas has been higher in the lineup definitely have loved to see that um and, you know, Dominic Smith, while he's not hitting home runs, he's still doing pretty well. I mean, 290 average so far on the season. Alex Call with a nice game the other day. He had a, he was off to a slow start. Now he's improving. So there are definitely some encouraging signs in this lineup beyond Jamer Candelario batting 195 and some of these other bench guys playing bad. I mean, Luis Garcia has not been good either. Uh, but the pitching, the pitching side of things, especially the bullpen, has been extremely disappointing because... The starters, it has been a mixed bag, I will say. Mackenzie Gore, by far the MVP of the pitching staff so far. Two games, 2.38 ERA. He's been terrific. Uh, Josiah Gray, one bad start, one good start. Uh, Trevor Williams has been okay through two games. I mean, 4.35 ERA. You're, you don't really expect you're going to get a whole lot out of Trevor Williams. You're kind of kicking the tires on him. So if you can get a... A, an ERA close to four this season. I mean, you'll 100% take that from Trevor Williams, who's like your number four spot in your rotation. Chad Cool has been garbage. Uh, I mean, yesterday, as I record this on my Monday, Cool pitched yesterday. It was not very good. Corbin's been bad as well. So you're really getting one really good pitcher in your starting rotation so far. Two okay guys. Again, Josiah Gray, a bad start and a good start. Trevor Williams has been pretty steady. And then Cool and Corbin have been terrible. It's kind of what you expect out of this pitching staff and this team. You, you, this is this is what you're going to see this year. And like that Chad Cool spot, that might change. You may. This was supposed to be, keep in mind, Kate Cavalli was supposed to be in this rotation to start the year, 
um, and, and got hurt. So, you know, Chad Cool is basically taking that spot. So we're not really expecting a ton out of Chad Cool this year. And if he continues around this trajectory, you might as well just cut him. I, I can't imagine the Nats letting him stick around uh, for a, a, a super long time if he continues to stink it up. Um, but, the, but the bullpen, the bullpen has been a problem. Not everybody. Mason Thompson has been really solid. He's pitched in four games. He's allowed one earned run. Uh, I mean, he struck out seven and he's walked zero. I love what I've seen from Mason Thompson. Uh, other guys that have been impressive. Hunter Harvey, four innings so far this year. Uh, one earned run, one K, one walk. I mean, 2.25 ERA that comes out to he's been okay. Carl Edwards Jr. has been okay. Hobie Harris has been fun to watch too. I mean, he hasn't allowed a run yet in four innings. But then the rest of this group has just been bad. I mean, Erasmo Ramirez, to be fair, he's usually like the mop-up guy. He's not really, you don't, he's the guy that you stick in when Patrick Corbin can only go three innings. And then you, you get, you let Erasmo Ramirez pitch the next four. I mean, that's really what his role is. So I, I can't knock him too much. I know he's, right now, he's allowed five runs in five innings. Um, not, not great. But at the same time, I don't expect that. But Kyle Finnegan has been bad. Four and a third, seven earned runs. Thaddeus Ward has been pretty bad. Four innings, three earned runs. Uh, and then Anthony Banda has not been great. 12 ERA. So some of these guys have blown leads. I mean, some of these games have been winnable throughout this year. The Nats could definitely have a better record than three and seven. I know everybody says that, but still. I mean, you look at Sunday's game, they lose 7-6. This was a game where the Nats were up for periods of time here, especially, um, I mean, at one point they were up six to three in the sixth inning, and then they gave up four in the sixth, and then it was over. And then even in um, the, what's it, not the, I, I think even there was a game in the Tampa series, yes, the meltdown game, the the Tuesday game, where you had a, an absolutely insane ninth inning, a five-run ninth inning for Tampa, that was a, I mean, definition of a winnable game. Kyle Finnegan comes into the game in the ninth to close things down in a six-five game, and you lose ten to six. I mean, there, those are two games right there that suddenly would have put this team at five hundred if they had just done the darn thing and finish off the game. So, I, I, I while this team is not good, they're not going to be winning the World Series or anything like that this year. That's for sure. It is still a better team than their record. And, and I, I do think there has been some good moments um, from, from this group so far. So it, there's our, some encouraging signs. And again, guys like Stone Garrett, I'm excited about Mackenzie Gore. I mean, Hey, if he continues this trajectory I mean, he could be a Cy Young candidate. I, he really, he really truly honestly could be. Um, so I'm interested to see that as far as the week ahead uh, for the Nats before I get into the league as a whole. So you got this fun uh, series against the Angels, which unfortunately all start at 9.30 at night. So I don't know how much I want to get to watch, but you've got the Corbin-Suarez matchup tonight. But tomorrow is the fun one. Tuesday night, 9.30, Josiah Gray against Shohei Otani. I mean, that is... For this organization, that is going to be huge for them to to see uh, like a once in a lifetime player in Otani get to match up with a good solid Angels team, and and I'm I wish it was Gore against Otani. Of course, Gore pitches on Wednesday instead. Uh, but yeah, so that we got the Angel series, and you got uh, three games slate at home against Cleveland, two games against Baltimore. You've got three games slate against Minnesota. 
and then three games uh, in New York against the Mets, and finish up the month of April with a home series against the Pirates. So, and the thing is, looking at this group, I mean, Minnesota's been good. Pirates have actually been pretty good. Uh, this is going to be a tough month for this team. Like, I, I definitely would not say that this is a um, guaranteed uh, wins against some teams that maybe in the past you would say you'd have you know good shots against. So we'll see about that. So the Nats again, three and seven as I record this. Let's talk about MLB as a whole right now. Um, interesting start to the year, of course, and it's super early. Bunch of ball games left to be played, and we got f- five and a half more months of this. So buckle up. Uh, some of the surprises. I mean, Tampa obviously is something to talk about. Nine and zero to start the year. It doesn't really happen. I think the last time it happened was like two thousand three, maybe or something along those lines, for a team to start nine and zero. Yes, they have beat some bad teams. People are pointing that out. Of course, the Tigers are bad. The Nats are bad. But it is baseball where bad teams win all the time. I mean, even look at that Nats Brave series. The Nats were able to win one of those games. It's not like college football or even uh, college basketball where the really good teams always dominate like uh, you know, 50 out of 50 times or 49 out of 50 times or something like that. In baseball, this just happens because baseball is weird. Guys can get cold one night or one pitch, one mistake can suddenly cost you the game. I mean, that's why the 9-0 thing is still impressive. Even if it's against bad teams, you still got to respect that. Um, that division right now, again, is still going to be a very interesting division to follow because all of these teams legit have a chance for the playoffs. I mean, the Rays are not going to be, excuse me, are not going to be undefeated all season long, of course. Like, they're going to fall back. The Yankees, of course, are, are probably your favorites to win that division. But Blue Jays, Red Sox, Orioles, these are all decent teams. Like, these are all teams that can get into the playoffs uh, if they put together a solid season. I mean, the Orioles were close to that. The Red Sox made some moves and and have a decent group here. So, And then the Blue Jays are the Blue Jays, and the Rays just always find a way in. So that's going to be an interesting division to see. Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota's pitching has been solid this year. They are really... Uh, they have they, they upgraded their staff, adding guys like Pablo Lopez and things like that. So they've been pretty good, six and four to start the year. Cleveland six and four. Uh, it's going to be a battle between them and and then the White Sox will be in the mix. They tend to, I don't know. For me, I'm always out on the White Sox. I I, I always find them to be a little bit overrated. Um, in that I think there's some flash to that team. There's some you know they're fun, but at the same time, I just feel like they never they never have enough to take their things to that next level. Meanwhile, a team like Cleveland just tends to be in the mix every single year. So that'll be interesting. And then the Royals and Tigers both stink. In the West, that's been an interesting division to follow as well. I mean, you know the A's are going to be at the bottom because they're not even trying. But the Astros, the defending champs, in theory, they'll be uh, a contender for the division, of course. The Angels have been playing pretty well. Texas they you know they've been spending all this money they got to get good at some point and then Seattle of course so so those four will definitely be competing for the west that'll be fun to see and right now they're all pretty even going over to the national league i mean here in the national league east i think it's going to be you know, the Braves division to lose, really. I, I think it's going to be, they just tend to just be the toast, especially with some of their pitching, like Strider and play guys like that. It's like, they're just so good. The Braves are really, really good. But the Mets, of course, will be in the mix. Phillies have been rough to watch right now. Their run differential, minus 22 so far. Marlins, minus 19. I mean, the Nats have a better run differential than both of those teams. 
which is just kind of crazy to think about. Um, so that will be interesting. In the Central right now, the Brewers, I mean, they're just killing it. 7-2 and two to start the year. Uh, that division, yeah, I feel like, is not going to be very exciting. While the Pirates are playing well right now, I don't know how sustainable that is. The Reds are the Reds. They're not going to be in the mix. The Cardinals have been disappointing to start the year 3-6. and six. And then the Cubs are always going to be kind of the middle of that division right now. So it's really going to be the Brewers probably running away with the Central this year. And then the West. The NL West is another division that I am ex- extremely interested in because the D-backs, 6-4 and four to start the year. They're the same record as, as the Padres. They've uh, gone in and beat the Dodgers a few times this year. They are going to be interesting to see if their success is sustainable too. They're another one of those teams where you probably can't name three guys on, on the Diamondbacks at this point, but they have some decent pieces here. Again, this is not they're not the Dodgers. They're not the Padres. But they could definitely make things interesting. And then, of course, the Giants are just kind of hanging back there, too, where it's like, hey, remember us? Like, we were just in the playoffs, like, uh, two years ago or whatever. So um, that will be fun to watch as well. So, yeah, at at this point in the season, you're just kind of feeling your team out a little bit. You're trying not to overreact too much to start the year uh, because it is so early. I mean, Brian Reynolds right now is tied with Alonzo to lead the home run leaders of the season. I mean, that's clearly going to change. Um, Marcus Stroman has a zero ERA. Like, that's going to change over time. Uh, a lot of these stats and these records are going to going to definitely change over time here. But it's just, you're just starting to notice a little bit of trends here and there. Like, that's all the beginning of the season is really good for. It's like, all right, who who is really being slow to get off the schneid to, right off the bat? And then who... Um, you know, whose success seems built to be sustainable and, and that sort of thing. Because, yeah, I mean, the Astros are not world beaters right now, but their team, I mean, they're the defending champs. Like, they have a good team. They will probably win that division, and we'll see who else is in the mix. So uh, a lot to go, a lot to go here on this MLB season. I'm excited. I'm just so glad baseball is back. Of course, NBA playoffs are starting. The Wizards are not in that. The Caps are not in NHL playoffs, so... This is probably going to be Mike and I's world here for the summer, besides the episodes of uh, the offseason that we do, where we cover different topics. Because right now, it's going to be baseball. <laughs> that's that's the reality. Until football season, of course. That is when things will change, uh, uh, for sure, as, as we figure out who the heck is going to be the owner of this team, and who they're going to draft, and all that stuff coming up this month, which is crazy to think about, the NFL draft. Uh, so we'll probably get into some of that next episode, I would guess. Um, cause yeah, the NFL draft is, God, I completely forgot about that. That is coming up. Um, and, uh, yeah, when is, when is the official NFL draft? I'm going to look it up right now. Um, so it's the 27th. So at the end of the month, end of the month here. So we got a few weeks to kind of take a look at who we feel like the commanders are going to target. Talk through that a little bit with Mike. Uh, of course, the commanders currently sitting with that 16th pick in the NFL draft in the first round. So that about does it. Again, we're a short episode today. Just wanted to talk a little baseball uh, before we head into the week. If you ever want to reach out to the show, feel free to do so on Twitter at the DC crossover at Cerrone 16 and then the TikTok DC crossover podcast there. And I'm always able to chat baseball if you'd like to. Shoot a message if you have anything you want to talk about in the baseball world. 
Uh, besides that, um, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like, comment, review the uh, podcast version, and we'll see you next time. This has been another episode of the DC Crossover.